Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking about postpartum isolation. Specifically, we're going to be talking about factors leading to isolation and ways to deal with these feelings of isolation. This topic was sent to us by a listener, Steph, who had sent us a message building off of our conversation from a couple of episodes back where I was talking about feelings of isolated after having Maeve because of COVID. Uh, and so we thought that this was a really great suggestion and an important topic to talk about. So right now with COVID, everything is heightened, right? So right now we have a bit of a mental health crisis on our hands and everybody is feeling the impact of it. But new moms in particular who normally have feelings of isolation are now feeling heightened levels of isolation because not only have they gone through their pregnancy uh, in a different way and you know without the maybe the support of friends and family um, people are missing their they're not having baby showers um, not, there's you're not allowed to have your partner or your support person in your doctor's appointments Exactly. Right. So people are really struggling and then the baby comes and you're still in a bit of a lockdown state. So normally when you have a baby, yeah, your friends and family can come and visit. Yeah. You might have uh, people like your parents or siblings come over and help out. And even when you have all that happen, the mom still sometimes ends up feeling very isolated and alone because uh, usually you get lots of visitors the first few weeks and then that kind of peters out. You're not getting sleep. You're on a feeding schedule with a newborn. So you're feeding either breastfeeding or bottle feeding every three hours and you start to feel really isolated and alone. And sometimes that can lead to postpartum depression and sometimes you know, it just leads to this feeling of isolation that you might not have experienced before. Yeah. And that feeling of isolation is like, I put it like is loneliness. Like I, and you know, I talked about it in the episode where I talked about Maeve's birth is just like how I am struggling with the loneliness associated with like that I'm going through right now, even though I have the kids, I have Peter here and I've mentioned it to you. And I really have struggled with the feelings of loneliness after having Maeve um, because like you said, like we haven't had anybody. And I've also struggled, which I talked about 
the fact that like my family and friends have not met me and who knows when they actually will. Um, and you kind of touched on a couple of different factors that lead to can lead to the feeling of isolation or loneliness as a new mom. But there are other ones too. Like, like let's think about healing. So after you have a baby, whether you have a vaginal delivery or a C-section, your body has had massive trauma and you are healing from it in your postpartum period. And, you know, being social is a luxury of feeling good and healthy. And so when you have had, when you have a newborn and you've given birth, you don't feel great. Like, you know, yes, there's that kind of endorphin rush and those great things, but like, you're going to be physically sore. You're going to be, um, you know, whether or not you're breastfeeding or not, your breasts are going to be sore because your milk is going to come in, whether you're going to use it or not. And that hurts. Um, if you've had a C-section, like then you've also just had massive abdominal surgery that you're recovering for from You're tired, which then also plays into your healing. And so like one thing is for, at least for me, and I think for most people is like when you feel crappy or you're physically in pain or you're not feeling well, the last thing on your mind is that you want to actually go and like talk to people or socialize or, you know, deal with people, put on some clothes that, you know, aren't pajamas or, you know, leggings or loungewear, having to get yourself dressed up. Um, so healing is a big, at least I think a healing is a big factor to, whether or not you want to be social or not. I think it's a luxury to be social when you're feeling, and when you're feeling sick, then it's not, or, you know, feeling physically sore, then it's not really something that is top priority on your mind. Well, and I think that for new moms, like a lot of the time you're right when you're, when you've, when you're in recovery for at least the first couple of weeks, you don't really want to do anything. And maybe, pre-COVID people would come to you. Um, but now even with COVID, once you are starting to feel better, there's no place to go. Right. And there's no one to see. So that's kind of leading to more loneliness than mothers might've felt in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I think the healing one kind of carries between COVID and pre-COVID or like outside of COVID because like whether or not you want, you know, healing is happens anytime. I think, yeah. a, I think uh, another factor that maybe some people aren't, you know, aware of maybe is that like the transition from working to being home all the time has a big fact, a big play in leading, feeling isolated or lonely because when you think about it, when you go to work, if you are not self-employed, let's put that preface that if you're self-employed, then obviously like you, Amanda, like it wasn't such a big deal. Uh, I still had to go into an office though, even as a real estate agent, like, yeah, you're self-employed, but you still have an off, like you can still have an office. So if you're working and not working from home, but Mm -hmm. go from working to being home all the time, you know, there's a massive amount of socialization that happens throughout your work day without even thinking about it, right? Because you're interacting with all your, you know, coworkers or customers or, you know, you know, patients or clients, what, whoever it is, you're still interacting and that's social. Um, and so then you go from working, having that amount of social experience and interactions to being home with your newborn and like everything gets cut off. So that's a big thing that 
it took me a time to like, when I was thinking about this topic, I was like, oh, you know, like, let's think about work to home because that's a huge transition and a huge change that really removes a massive amount of social interaction from your day without even thinking about it. Well, and especially if you're someone who really loves your job or your career, that can be really hard because you kind of feel like you're pulled in two directions, right? Like you want to be working, but you're at home. And, you know, as you and I have talked before, um, babies grow so quickly, right? Like there really is kind of four phases of having a baby and your newborn stage is only three months. So like you have a newborn for three months, you kind of have to savor it, oh, right? That makes me so sad. I love having a newborn. And so it makes me so sad that Maeve is getting older already. We're, but anyway, so we digress. But I think too, like the importance of like workplace social interaction, it's not just for new moms. Like this is a feeling that, or, or something that misses for, you know, a lot of stay at home moms too, with older kids who had worked previously outside of the home. And that's something that um, I know some stay-at-home mom friends who have said, like, I really miss going to work and interact. Like, don't get me wrong. I love being home with the kids and, you know, it's, it was the best choice for our family. And so they're not complaining, but they do miss, they acknowledge that they miss those social interactions that they used to have at work. And then you think about it, there are quite often uh, stay-at-home moms who take a part-time job on, on weekends or a couple nights a week just to have that kind of social interaction outside of the house on top of, you know, extra money perhaps, but like that workplace inter social interaction or the lack of it really does kind of affect new moms as well as, you know, experienced veteran stay at home moms with older kids as well. Oh, definitely. So another one would be uh, if you were breastfeeding or pumping. So, you know, this is kind of obvious, like the, you know, newborns have, high, high, a lot of feedings, right? We two to every two to three hours, they need to be fed. If you're pumping or breastfeeding, if you're pumping, that means that you have very limited time frame between those two to three hours to be away from your pump, like outside of the home, unless you want to take your pump with you wherever you're going. If you're exclusively breastfeeding, you essentially can't be away from the baby because, you know, you're, you're, your boob is their, their food source. So where you go, your boobs go, which means your baby goes, right? So um, breastfeeding can be very isolating uh, in that sense, as well as, or pumping. Breastfeeding or pumping can be really isolating as well because not everybody is very comfortable with breastfeeding, um, as in like people around you. So, you know, you could have people make comments and is it worth, like, you know, ultimately it's a screw you, I don't care kind of mentality is what you want to have. But I will say like, if somebody's uncomfortable with me breastfeeding as I, I'm the type of personality that will try and make it less uncomfortable for them. So I'll cover up, which I hate covering up. Um, and so quite often rather than covering up, I will choose to go into a room by myself. Um, if we were out, right? Like at my, in my in-laws, I would go upstairs into a bedroom and I would hang out up there with the baby and feed rather than covering up and still being part of the social group because I hate being covered up and I hate having to cover up my baby. And then if you're learning to breastfeed, um, obviously like 
you know, positioning and comfort level. And then you add a cover into that. So you don't want to, you know, it's a challenge breastfeeding in public sometimes. And so breastfeeding and pumping can play a big part in isolation as well, because it kind of removes you from that social group. If there was a social group, right? Like if you were at an event, an event or even church, like, cause I know churches have pumping rooms or nursing rooms. If you're at the mall, you know, they have, nur- they have nursing, nursing rooms. So um, that was something that I noticed too, is that pumping, pumping and feeding can be uh, isolating in its experience. And we've talked about it in the past too, like how nice bottle feeding can be because it allows other people to do it for you and you have that connection. But then you can also kind of just, you know, be like, Oh, you want to feed the baby? Here you go. Let's, I'm going to have a drink, you know, like I'm going to, yeah, you're at, you're at your in-laws and you're like, here, feed the baby. Right. Yeah. I'm going to have a warm dinner, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there is a, the benefit of that too. And, and, but then also the flip side of it, another one too, which is like, you know, babies cost money. And when you are either not working or you're getting a fraction of your pay that uh, you don't have as much fun money, I'm using quotation marks there, like fun spending money on, you know, social events or social activities. Um, So, you know, you have less money. What's the first thing that you're going to do when you're budgeting? You're going to take out like the, the nice things to have, not the expenses. Right. Um, So, that means like, you know, your spending money kind of goes because you have to pay for expenses and, um, and necessities. Almost done this list. I was really like into this. So, okay. So another one too is changes to relationships, both friendships and also relationships with your partner or spouse. So, you know, friendships is hard because there are seasons to every friendship. Um, and sometimes if you are the first kind of mom in your social like your friend group of friends then there is there does tend to be a shift that happens maybe not right away but as time goes on there can be a shift um because you know priorities change they don't you know friends who don't have babies they can try and sympathize or understand you know your limitations or you know why you're not really in the mood to go out tonight or go out you know have dinner you can't make it to lunch um they can try and understand but the reality is sometimes they just don't get it but things just change um and then with your spouse a change in your relationship there's a big change which we've talked about and i know our resident counselor psychotherapist sherry maxwell has talked about is like in relationships you're with your spouse that like you know your focus is in caring for this newborn and newborns take all your time. And so, you know, relationships quite often get put on the back burner and that doesn't exclude your relationship with your spouse or partner. So that can also, those changes and having less time for your spouse can help, you know, lead to the feelings of loneliness or isolation. And then I guess the last one I was thinking of is like, if you haven't found like your mom friend, you don't have mom friends, um, or you're not part of like a mom group that can, that is hugely isolating because there is something to be said to be with a group of people or a group of women who understand, you know, have had similar experiences or going through the same experience as you. Um, and 
So if you haven't found that group yet or um, that those friends yet, that that's hugely isolating. And like we've been really lucky. Like I've talked to other friends, like when I had Freya and I said like, oh yeah, you know, I have this mom group that I hang out with. We get together every week and I would always get, man, you're so lucky. Like I wish I had that or I never had anything like that because there was that social that built-in social network where I was like, oh yeah, we're just gonna hang out, have the babies hang out. Like it was great. Well, and it was us supporting each other. So like whenever there was a problem or something we were trying to sort through, like we would get kind of feedback from the group of things that had worked for the other moms so that we could try them with our babies. So like if one of the moms was having sleep issues, then you know you know, we would get feedback and we supported each other and we were friends with each other. And you're right. It made the whole transition into motherhood so much easier, which is why we decided to do our mommy mentorship program. Yeah, absolutely. But that was kind of my list of like thinking outside of COVID uh, and COVID restrictions, thinking, you know, what can lead to or plays a factor in feeling isolated as a new mom. So let's talk about how to deal with the isolation now. So there's really kind of three main ways to deal with the isolation. So the first way is to connect and communicate with your spouse. So we actually kind of talked about this in episode 28, which is five discussions to have before the baby arrives. And if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely download it. And there's also a workbook on our website, bestlifemomsclub.com. And basically it is so that you and your husband can be on the same page and have a plan in place for once the baby arrives, because you need to connect and you need to communicate. Oh yeah. Like communication is by far probably one of the biggest things. And it's not just like communicating to be social, it's communicating how you're feeling and where you are at mentally. Um, I think that is, I, that could be one of the biggest, if not the biggest um, factors in, you know, kind of helping you through the feelings of loneliness and isolation. I know like I had a bit of a break. I had to break my like kind of lonely breakdown where a couple of weeks ago where I had been feeling really isolated, really lonely for a few weeks And I hadn't really said anything. And then it all kind of just happened on one day where it was just like every, I was just edgy and I was off and I was in tears. And finally I broke down and I ended up telling Peter, um, you know, like some things happened and I kind of reacted kind of outside of the norm because I was so, uh, you know, I was how I was feeling inside and I kept it inside. Um, And then I finally, like, we were sitting on the end of the bed and I just said, like, I'm so lonely. And I just broke down in tears. And I was like, this isn't about you and like a slight against you. This is just like everything about right now is that I'm lonely. I miss so much. I miss people. I miss our friends. I miss our family. And like, all of a sudden I just like word vomited all my feelings out. Um, And I, because I had, I hadn't been we hadn't been communicating Peter and I hadn't been communicating about how I was feeling well then once you did communicate that's when you can think together 
as to how you're going to solve the issue. Right. So like once you can communicate to your spouse, like what do you need to do then in order to feel less isolated? And with COVID right now, it's a little bit harder, Mm -hmm. um, especially being in Canada, it's winter time. So, you know, you don't really want to be hanging out outside, but you know, Sometimes it takes two people to think outside the box as to how you can rectify the problem. And, you know, whether that's, okay, you need to get outside and go for a walk, or maybe you need to, you know, do a Zoom call with your friends. Um, You know, if, if it's not COVID times, you could, you know, go out with your friends once a week or do something, right? So, there are ways to kind of combat it, but sometimes it does take that pouring out to your partner to help solve the issue. Well, yeah, and it absolutely was. It was like, I needed to tell Peter because then once I told Peter, when somebody said, like when somebody would send me a message and be like, how are you doing? I would actually, I actually started saying like, you know, I'm really lonely or I'm, I'm struggling with being lonely. Like I actually started to articulate how I was feeling instead of just saying like, you know, the, the nonchalant, like, oh, you know, everything's fine. I'm just a little tired, but everything's good. Like blowing it under the, under the rug. I actually started to tell like friends, like, you know, I'm really struggling. I know I told you, I had, I started to tell you and I told some other friends of like making a point of being honest with them because I had kind of just been like, you know, I know everybody else is struggling right now because of COVID. I don't want to like add as an extra burden. Um, but then like once I had told Peter and I had like instantly felt better and I was honest with friends, then, you know, I felt better because they knew where I was at. And you know how ridiculous it is, is like, but this just goes show goes to show like how common it is like you and I are talking about this and, um, but like, you know, I know that I need to articulate and I need to communicate and talk to, you know, I need to talk to Peter. I know that. Is, is that what I did? No, because I was in the fog of having a newborn, right? Like it's just, even whether you know it or you don't know it, if you know it, you can still make the choice or, you know, you still don't follow through on what you know is best or what you should be doing because, you know, there are so many other things happening. Yeah. But once that came to light, that what the problem was, you took care of it. Right. Like sometimes like you're right, baby fog, you're like busy. And then all of a sudden there's like this emotional breaking point and it all kind of floods out. And then what you did was you're like, okay, it all came out. So now how am I going to take care of it? Right. So instead of bottling it back up and just saying, yeah, you know, it's okay. I'm just not getting that much sleep. You said, no, like I am not okay. Like I, I'm lonely. I miss, miss people. Right. And, you know, there's never any shame in admitting that you're lonely, that you, you know, you're not feeling like yourself. Like there is never any shame in being honest about how you feel, whatever your feeling is. And, you know, if it is a feeling of loneliness, isolation, if you're having like depressed thoughts, then like it is okay to even go beyond talking to your spouse and go and talk to a professional, right? Like there is never any shame in taking care of yourself. Well, absolutely. And like, and feeling lonely or feeling, feeling isolated doesn't 
mean that you're a bad mom. It doesn't make you a bad mom in any way, shape or form. It means that you're human, right? And it means that you're missing a very important aspect of being a human and that's social interaction. Okay, so you had mentioned too, like what you can do about, you know, setting up Zoom calls. One thing I think that can happen is, especially now, is so much of our interaction just in everyday life is on our phones, right? Is texting. And there's something to be said about texting. Like, yes, that's great. You know, it's fast, instant communication. But there's an as- a really big aspect to texting that plays into isolation and loneliness. And that is that texting is completely silent. Um, and, you know, I this came to my realization, you know, when I was struggling. It was like, the question is like, I would say, you know what, I talked to a whole bunch of people today, like I talked to a couple of friends, but did I actually talk to them? No, I was texting them. I didn't have that conversation, that vocal conversation. And we need that kind of auditory stimulation, because that is a big part in in socialization. Well, yeah, and right now you're not getting the physical human contact from most of your friends and family, right? So like, you're right to have that stimulation and hear somebody's voice and connect that way is better than just reading it. Yeah. The, the silence that's associated with the text is, is pretty uh, deafening when you go an entire day without actually having someone speak to you, even though you're talking to someone. Things you never think about, right. Until like, you're right. You're completely cut off, especially if you're like in lockdown, right. And you're not leaving the house, which you know, when you have a newborn, you kind of are in lockdown, especially right now. Right. Yeah. 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 And then you can say like, Oh, you know, I talked to so-and-so like I talked to you, I talked to my mom, I talked to whoever. And then you're like, Oh, but I didn't like actually talk to them. Yes. I've been texting back and forth, but I didn't get that auditory stimulation. And that, that has come to a very big realization of like, wow, that makes a huge difference. For me, I really caught on to it when I was really, when I was starting to struggle. Like, and another thing that, you know, I found once the kids were a little bit older, they might've been six months old at that point, but like going for walks with people was always really helpful as well. I know there was a few different moms that I would especially when I had the twins, not so much Caroline because the boys were two and she was a baby. (laughs) So, um, but with the twins, I would meet up and go walking. And even with COVID, depending where you live, if you can space yourself apart, you could technically still go walking. Um, But again, it kind of depends where you live. Right right now in Canada, no one wants to go walking because it's wintertime nature is very therapeutic, right? So if you're feeling isolated and disconnected, that going for a walk can be very helpful, even if you're going by yourself, right? It there is something to be said about like nature therapy and like going out and getting the fresh air, getting a new kind of getting yourself in a new space can be very uh, uplifting when you're feeling when you're struggling. Well, it's funny, because going back to like actually talking to someone I always find like when I go on walks around the neighborhood that 
like neighbors will kind of chit chat with you. Like even with COVID, when I take the kids for walks, usually neighbors will go on the road or be on the other side of the road. And, but they're like, everyone wants to talk. So everyone's like, hi, how are you? They're commenting on the kids. Like if you got a baby, like people will be like, how old's your baby? You know, the normal chit chat, are you getting sleep? Stuff like that, right? So yeah, if you actually want to talk to people, I find like going for a walk, people will chat with you. And I feel like really? people are a lot more open to chatting like complete strangers are a lot more open to chatting now, like during COVID than people were before. Oh yeah, definitely. But I found whenever I had the kids with me, people would at least comment on my baby. Right. So like I might not be having like a full fledged conversation with someone, but like at least, you know, there were people that would kind of chit chat with me a little bit. So made me feel a little bit less lonely. So that kind of, we kind of went from connecting with your spouse into kind of connecting with just regular people, right? Like your friends and family. Yeah. I do find that like, and then connecting with like complete, complete strangers. Like um, when I do go out for groceries, like when I go out and do our grocery shop, I find myself like being so overly social with like the cashier and like talking to them like they're my best friend because they're like the first adult that I've seen like outside that's not Peter you know what I mean like you're just like everybody's my best friend now I'm just gonna like talk to everyone I'm not gonna lie before COVID I would sometimes take the kids to Costco like if it if we hadn't talked to anyone in a little bit I would take the kids to Costco just to talk to like the sample ladies and stuff. And everyone would comment on the twins, right? So I would, and everyone knew the twins. So I would like take the kids to Costco like once a week and we would get samples and everyone would talk to the kids. You know, that's so <laughs> funny that you say that. So like our, our favorite grocery store when I, so when COVID hit last year, I completely stopped going out. Like, because we were told like one person, right? Like one person does the shopping. Yeah. goes out. So Same. that was Peter. And so the kids and I did not go out. And so like in the fall, when I started back at school, I had to start going out and like, picking stuff up. And I started groceries again. <laughs> I went to our favorite grocery store. Farm boy. <laughs> yeah, farm boy. And uh, so I went in and the, literally the first time I was in, I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like so excited to be here, but also very like, oh, I'm really stressed out because this is the first time I've gone grocery shopping in like nine months um so I was in the in like in line and I was the only one I was unloading at the cash and the cashier she looked at me even with a mask on and she was like she was like how have you been it's been so long since I saw you like since we've seen you like and I was like okay she's just being friendly like people are starting to come back out and she was and then she said how are your son and daughter like they must be so big now and like how long is their hair? And I, and she was like, are they still blonde? I'm like, hold on. She knows me way too well. Like even with my mask on, she knew who I was and recognized the kid. Like the kids weren't with me. It was just me, but she recognized me without the kids. And I was like, and so I was like, I have a friend at the cash. And so then I was talking, I was like, how are you? And she was like, oh, you know, like I've been struggling. I took some time off. I'm like, yeah, me too. And I was like, this is the first time I've been back. She's like, I'm so happy that you're back. Like, it's been so nice. I'm like, I come to this grocery store way too often. Because <laughs> there was also a woman at the deli counter who uh, who used to, 
like who recognized me because of Finn and Freya. And then I stopped, but then I went to the deli counter like after I had Maeve and she was like, you had a new baby. And I was like, yes. Yeah. So thinking like with my mask on, she wouldn't recognize me. Like she's this older woman. She's like, how are you? Like, how are the other two? And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, this is ridiculous. I know. Sorry. We digress talking about Costco and our and farm boy, but yeah, like you would just kind of go great interaction as, on your errands. That's, that's what I've done. Yeah. Oh, but I was like totally the same way. Like if I was bored, I would just go out somewhere so I could talk to someone. And with COVID, you can't do that as easily. Um, again, depends where you live, but yeah, totally. I was totally doing the exact same thing you're doing and probably every other mother out there is doing the same thing. Let's face it. The other thing, and this, this is kind of like a pre-COVID and after COVID, or depending where you live during COVID, our baby and me programs. Like both of us did baby and me programs. I did some at the library. We both kind of did swimming. Um, and I did more swimming than you did because you didn't show up a whole bunch because you couldn't make it because of the boys. <laughs> the, the first time we did swimming, the actual taught one, I did make it. And then it was the one where we signed up for exercise. Don't you remember? Oh, yes. Like that one, I couldn't make it because it was, I think it was like January, February or something. And the kids kept getting like colds. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and both times we ended up meeting new friends like making friends with people in the classes right because like we've got two friends who i met through the library program and you're now friends with them yeah we've Um, we've talked about them lots yeah and and jess has been on the podcast and then we have another friend who i met walking down the street and you met her at swimming yeah completely separate (laughs) but yeah same friend um so yeah so like once things start back up again, which now that there's a vaccine, you know, a few vaccines, hopefully things will start to roll out over the next year or so. So once things open up, like definitely try to get into some of those baby me programs, because the thing is like, yeah, you might be looking for mom friends, but those mom friends are looking for mom friends too. So, you know, never, never feel bad about striking up a conversation with another mom because, you know, even if you feel a little bit shy or you're unsure if the person will like you, it doesn't matter because moms are just looking to connect with other moms. Absolutely. And you have a great talking point too of like, oh, you have a baby. I have a baby. Let's be friends. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then like too, like baby and me programs, but they're also great programmings too, like, you know, um, through public libraries and different like community organizations too that run those baby and me programs yeah and the thing is like you could also sign up for an adult program at some of those organizations because like I know our library has tons of adult programs so you know and some of them are free some of them are low cost so you could always do an adult program once a week just to get out of the house like going back to the you know sometimes moms get part-time jobs just to get out of the house like you could sign up for an art class or some other class that is a set day every week just so you get out of the house well absolutely and that's actually a really great thing too to do like to do something for you right because one of the things that so many moms struggle with is like losing their identity or like you know I'm not going to be me anymore because I'm the sole provider like the sole caregiver 
of this baby, whether or not you're in a relationship or not. As a mom, you for the first year really are kind of like the number one in that baby's life. And so taking art class or going to the gym, which so many, I hear so many parents, like moms like to do. I don't know why. (laughs) It doesn't interest me, but apparently exercise and like going to the gym is very popular. So like, you know, doing something for you for a couple of hours a week or whatever is a really healthy thing to do. It doesn't make you a bad mom wanting to do something for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.